Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hey, I'm Sarah Bivens. And I'm Matthew Bivens. And this is the Doing It at Home podcast, the only podcast dedicated to empowering, loving, and honest conversations around home birth. What started as a fun way for us to document our own home birth journey has turned into a platform for sharing birth stories, resources, and education with the goal of empowering mamas and families to make the birth decisions that work best for them. Plus, we get into the antics, breakdowns, and breakthroughs of our own experience of marriage and parenthood. All right. You ready, babe? Yep. Let's do it, mama. Welcome back, everyone, to the Doing It At Home podcast, the podcast about empowered, informed, educated choices around pregnancy and birth. And yes, home birth is highlighted in that. It is significant a significant part because that was our journey and our experience and really what inspired this whole thing. So creating a space for voices and stories and conversations around home birth that we felt like three and a half years ago, we weren't seeing a whole lot of. And then in that process, of course, honoring all of the choices, all of the variations of normal in in what we have as our, our options in pregnancy and birth and in parenthood. So we want to, we really strive to create a sense and a feeling, an energy of inclusivity of all of that. And we just happen to be in that that zone, that lane of home birth because that was our experience and because, because. So doing it at home. And I love the opportunity to share about doing it at home whenever, whenever I'm in a space that opens that door, you know, to share about podcasting in general, but then to talk about what doing it at home is. And it's just so fun. And, you know, all the varied responses or reactions that you get when you share, you know, I have a podcast about home birth. It's so cool. And, you know, we're a podcasting family over here. So if you didn't know this, maybe you're new to the show or maybe you just may have missed it in all of our conversations or all of the the birth junkie awesomeness. But we have three shows between the two of us, myself and Matthew. So Matthew has his own show, which was actually the first of the three. He's been doing it for a while now. Gosh, I think since 2015, maybe. But it's called Having It All. And it is an amazing, top-ranked, I mean, featured in New and Noteworthy and Apple Podcasts forever, it seemed like, for a very long time, Uh, having it all really about personal growth and development and your personal power. And that show came first, and then Doing It at Home came along second, and then third is Balance and Motherhood, my show that I host by myself, and that came about a year after Doing It at Home launched, and just a very natural, organic process where I felt like there was more to share and there were more conversations to be had around now this experience of motherhood after having gone through pregnancy and birth, and we talked about that all the time and shared about that, and I just felt this itch. (laughs) And so there you have it, the three shows between the two of us. So if you have not checked out Having It All and or Balance and Motherhood, I highly recommend you do so because, because. So let's see. I want to share some listener love because, 
you guys are awesome and we appreciate you so much. So I just wanted to highlight two messages that we've received recently and then we'll get into today's birth story. So the first one comes to us from Tiffany and Tiffany says, listening to the stories on your podcast has been part of my healing process. I had a rushed, unplanned and unwanted C-section and I grieved over the loss of an opportunity to have an unmedicated vaginal birth. Before giving birth and listening to your podcast, I hadn't considered a home birth. It was something that other people did, but it was not something that I would ever do. Now that I've heard so many amazing stories and had a disappointing hospital experience, I would love to try for a home birth for my second pregnancy. Oh, beautiful. And then from Selena, Selena writes, I am so excited to have found your podcast. It has truly been helpful and so resourceful. You guys may not be medical professionals, but you do your research and your opinions are very insightful. It has helped me to learn so much and be way more mindful and think about a lot. Without this podcast, I wouldn't have remembered the courage that I know I have in me to do what my body knows to do again. Ooh, Tiffany and Selena, we thank you so much that deeply touches our spirits and our hearts. And we're just so grateful and humbled by this entire thing. And the fact that we could be a part of your process, your journeys in some way is just truly magical and it's really priceless. So we thank you. And if you feel inspired to send us some some love, some affirmation, please do so. You can connect with us on Instagram, D-I-A-H podcast. You can drop a review in Apple Podcasts. That would be amazing. Uh, or you can email us, hello at D-I-A-H podcast.com and go to our website and check out all the amazing things there, like how you can support the show if you feel inspired to support financially and keep the show running and growing. And we can do a lot of really cool things when the show is is moving at a certain pace. So there's that, as well as you're doing it at home gear, your merchandise. There are links for that in the show notes. And lastly, make sure you are listening to doing it at home with your parents on demand app. You can download that for your Android device or your Apple device, or go to parentsondemand.com and check out the network that we are a part of. This hub of information and conscious empowering resources around pregnancy, uh, birth, parenthood, you know, it's all been collected there for you so that you don't have to go out there and do the research and find the shows. They are all hanging out there on the pod network. So go check that out. Okay, today is kind of a combination of a birth story and an interview. We had a lot of fun with our friend Ann Kaplan, and we start off with sharing some of her own personal experience. Anne herself has four children and has had two home births. And the one that we highlight a little bit more is her fourth birth story, which was quite literally hashtag birth party. Anne had about 30 people in the room when she gave birth to her fourth child, a combination of friends, family members, all spectrum of ages. And we dig into that a little bit and hear about the experience, what inspired it, and some feedback and some thoughts, suggestions that Anne would have for anyone who's thinking about doing something like that. 
And we also chat about Anne's work as a birth doula, a childbirth educator, and a parent coach. And she's also gifting our listeners with free access to her online birth seminar. So make sure you check that out. We drop the link in the conversation towards the end there, and it's also in the show notes for you. So there you have it. Anne Kaplan, so grateful to her and sharing her energy and her expertise with us. It was a really fun conversation, and I know you all are going to love it. So quick word from our sponsors, and then we give you Anne Kaplan. This podcast is sponsored by Skylight Calendar. Let's be real. Running a household can be exhausting and chaotic. And finding the perfect Mother's Day gift, it's not exactly a no-brainer. Until now. The Skylight Calendar is the best way to organize the family and give everyone, especially mom, some peace of mind to enjoy the things that matter most. The Skylight Calendar is a smart, touchscreen calendar that keeps track of and manages the chores, dinner planning, groceries, and to-dos for the whole family. The Skylight Calendar automatically syncs each family member's digital calendars and displays them all together on one color-coded touchscreen. It even doubles as a digital picture frame so you can finally share all those special moments that are just sitting on your phone. As a limited time offer for our listeners, get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight calendar when you go to skylightcal.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-C-A-L dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightcal.com slash easy. Hi, Anne. Welcome to the Doing It at Home podcast. How are you? I'm doing great, Sarah. Thanks for having me. Thank you again for showing up, Anne. Yeah. This is cool. We're excited to talk to you. Going to hear a little bit about your birth stories and hear about some of the awesome work you're doing. So we're we're pretty pumped. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited too. So can you set us up then with a little bit about you, you know, maybe share about your family and mm-hmm. kind of what you do and what got you into that? Because I'm fascinated by mm-hmm. you. So I just want to share <laughs> you with audiences, with our audience. Well, okay. That's, that's such a broad thing. I, I'll try to contain myself. Um, so... <laughs> I am a mother of four kids, and I had all four of my kids in very different ways. My first kid was born in the hospital in what I consider pretty conventional Western birth, and then I subsequently got more crunchy granola as life went on, <laughs> yes. like what I like to say. So I learned a lot from my first birth about what I did not enjoy, Um And so I did everything completely differently my second time around. I hired a doula. I took a comprehensive childbirth class, like basically all the things I really should have done the first time. I just didn't know. And I had a completely different birth experience the second time I had um, my son in a birth center. It was a water birth. It was, it was amazing. And it was really, really healing experience for me because my first birth was quite traumatic for me. Um, and then my third and fourth kids I had at home and I wish I would have done all four at home, but I kind of don't wish that because I don't think I would have become a doula and a birth worker or a parent coach or any of the things that I do with my career now, if I hadn't had the experience of those very different, um, kind of ends of the spectrum. And so, you know, I guess everything happens for a reason. And uh, my first birth was like really the catalyst that sent me on the trajectory that I'm on today with my personal life and parenting, but also with my career. So um, when I was pregnant with my third child, who was a daughter, finally, my third kid was a girl. (laughs) Um, I decided to become a birth doula and I had been, um, an environmental engineer before that. So it was a big career change. 
And I did all the training and stuff while I was pregnant. I was like nursing her while I had my like certification um, kind of weekend. And uh, she was about four months old when I started attending birth. And my practice grew from there as my kids got older and my clients' kids got older. I started fielding more and more questions about parenting in addition to birth. And I added childbirth education to my practice. I became a Love and Logic independent facilitator. And so now my practice really covers everything from the moment you pee on that stick till the day you're an empty nester. <laughs> I um, help kind of shepherd parents through that entire journey wherever they are and whatever they need um and that's yeah that's my story in a nutshell wow (laughs) that's amazing yeah like when i went onto your uh website and it was one of the first things i noticed i'm like wow you know you have your you you do a lot you provide a lot of support for Mm -hmm. for moms and families so i think the way that you just described it from the moment you pee on the stick to the moment you're an empty nester um, that's definitely the the vibe that I got that, you know, as you've had these experiences with your children and, and with your family, um, I, you know, you've you've created new things to now serve the the women and families that you really want to, to work with. So it's it's very yeah. cool. And will you share real quick? Um, we'll, we'll also give you a chance at the end of the episode to share it. But will you share your website with everybody right now in case they're, they're curious? Yeah, so my business is called Mom Me Experience, and it's mommy, but it's spelled ah. Mom Me, M-E, yeah. because all of my work is really about the mother. It's about putting the me back in momming, because I think a lot of us kind of get lost in the shuffle throughout pregnancy, birth, and parenting. You know, we get confused and lost in um what we're, we think we're supposed to quote unquote should do as mothers and what a quote unquote good mom is and how, how babies are supposed to be born and things like that. So when I started my practice, I really wanted to kind of help parents center again on who am I and what am I bringing to this journey and how do I best show up for myself and my family and things like that. So my website is the same. It's mommeexperience.com. Hmm. Uh, what you just shared resonates so powerfully with Sarah and I and the work that we mm-hmm. do individually as balanced lifestyle coaches. It's really, you know, a, 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 a looking at the individual and how can they show up and just be the most powerful, awesome version of themselves that they can be so that all the other roles are impacted. So we, uh, we're on the same wavelength here and I love the, yeah. I love what you're doing. I just think you reach a point in your life, whether you even have kids or not, but I think it's, just even more poignant when you do have children because it just is really like a punch in the gut almost where you just kind of reach this point where you realize like I can't do this life and do it in any way that I can even consider good if I'm not being myself I just feel for me personally like I definitely reached a point both in the birth context and in the parenting context where I felt like I was around peg in a square hole and I just it was kind of like this almost like a rock bottom place of like, this can't go on this way. Mm. And I imagine too, and with the work that you do and how you described it, like I imagine at a dinner party or something, someone sitting next to you and you explaining what you do. I'm sure you get a lot of people's stuff. <laughs> like, oh, oh yeah. I'm sure you hear a lot of stories. I'm sure you get Everybody a lot of... Everybody wants to share their birth story. Yeah. It doesn't matter how old they are or how great or how terrible or even sometimes they don't even have to have their own kids. They'll tell me someone else's first story. Yeah. 
And it took me a long time to just kind of realize, like, I'm just the, you know, I'm just the sounding board here. They don't really actually want anything for me except just a willing ear. And of course, as a doula and as a home birth and natural birth advocate, it's really hard to bite my tongue sometimes. But, Mm. you know, it's not about trying to make somebody else have the birth that you think they should have had. And especially when it's after the fact, it's really just about showing up and helping that person move forward. So you just have to be really quiet and smile and nod. Yes, <laughs> yes. hold space. Or you could be like, I'm a lawyer. <laughs> just like yeah. move on, well, pass the rolls. <laughs> I'm probably, this happens to you guys too, but the other opposite side of that is when they find out what I do, they're like, uh, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> And I'm like, never mind. It yeah. Matter. What do you do? <laughs> yes. Yes. So I want to talk a little bit about your fourth birth mm-hmm. um, because um, sec- it was your second home birth, um, but there were a couple differences or I guess like one key factor that was different. Can you share a little bit about that mm-hmm. and also just what inspired that and how it played out? Yeah, so I um, decided with my fourth birth, I used to always joke with my clients, like, oh, at this point, you know, I'm so like no holds barred when I'm in labor, like I could give birth in New York Times Square (laughs) on New Year's Eve and have no problem. And it would all go just fine. Like, I have no problem. You know, we talk all the time to our clients as doulas and childbirth educators about how important it is to like protect this like sacred birthing space. You need, it needs to be quiet and calm. It needs to be a place that you feel super comfortable and, and that you could really just let it all hang out with no problems. And then you feel supported and trusting and all that stuff. And that is very, very true. And, but for me, I felt like I could feel all of those things and still be surrounded by people that I loved and, um, and I, and were part of my either chosen family or biological family. So for my last birth, I decided to basically invite everybody that I love that they could come and see the baby being born. And in the end, I think we had like 22 people in the room when the baby came out. (laughs) So I, and I thought I was being so like clever and wise about the whole thing. Like I am an extremely social person and I definitely get filled up by being around people. I'm an extrovert in the true sense of the word, like not just that I feel comfortable around people, but that I really draw energy from being around people. And so it made total sense to me to invite all these people to my birth. But I also knew that um, for the early stages of labor, your body is kind of a little gun shy. And so I made sure to like keep everybody like kind of on notice, but not in the room with me until I felt like things were really well underway. And I was probably almost completely dilated before like the whole crowd came in the room with me. And I have a distinct memory of I had been laboring. I I had my baby in uh, a birth tub and my home birth midwife uses um, plastic Rubbermaid horse troughs for her birth tub. Okay. I highly recommend them for anyone who's curious about what kind of birth tub works best because they're super lightweight. They fit through doorways really easy and they're rigid. They can't leak and you can really hang on the sides of them and they're very deep. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know how many midwives do that, but it's I highly recommend it. I really think a horse trough is the way to go nice. <laughs> if you're having a water birth in your home. 
And I was like laboring in the tub and facing out, out, out of my room, like looking out the window in between contractions. So I could kind of sense that people were coming in the room behind me, but I couldn't really see them. And then at one point, my doula was like, oh, you know, all your people are here. Your tribe is here and everything. And I kind of like took a deep breath. And I was like, this is the moment of truth. I'm going to turn around and see all these people. And I'm either going to be like, yay, or oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) But I turned around and um, the first person I saw actually was one of my kid's friends who is about the same age as my second son. And she was just looking at me with this like awestruck look on her face. And I was just like, hi, Effie, how are you? (laughs) And it all just, it went really well at that point. And we involved because it was my fourth child. We had three older kids there and my oldest was like nine years, almost 10 years older. So each kid had a job. My oldest caught the baby. Um, and my middle son, um, was the one who cut the cord and my daughter, the youngest who was only five at the time, she was the one who announced the gender to everybody. So, um, it was definitely a family affair. My mother-in-law was there and I had like, all my best friends and obviously my husband and yeah it was it was a birth party in, in a big way for that sure yeah. so beautiful. <laughs> hashtag birth party so i have a question yeah so you said the first person you you connected eyes with was the friend of one of your your children yeah so how how did that invite happen? Did you talk to their parents? <laughs> like, were the parents there Dude, in the room? How did, how did that happen? The funniest part. The funniest part of planning this whole thing was like, I literally sent out practically like an evite. I mean, it wasn't on evite, but it was an email that I sent out to all the people that I wanted to invite. And it just so happens that Effie's mom is one of my best, best friends. So she gotcha. wouldn't have been there by herself, but she was there because her mom brought her. Oh, and gosh. it was a hilarious email that I wrote, like the first line of it was like is everybody ready to see my vagina oh (laughs) my gosh (laughs) i love that that's so funny And it was a very if anyone is thinking of inviting people to your birth i highly recommend like really get people ready for this like i it was i mean it was a fun and funny email and it was very heartfelt but it was also like you know business like this is what you can expect at a home birth it's not going to be like any birth you've seen on tv Mm -hmm. it's not going to be like any your birth unless you had a home birth it's not going to be like a birth that you attended in the hospital. You know, these are the differences you'll notice. And here are the most important things about being in a birth space, because most people haven't been in at a birth unless it was their own. Um, and so, you know, it was really like, almost like these are the rules and here's what's going to happen. And don't freak out if you see this or this, you know, that kind of thing. So, and I also gave people a heads up, like, I am loud when I'm in labor. So don't be surprised if you can hear me before you even get to my house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what so. were, okay, so the, the early stages of labor, you, you mentioned that, you know, you thought your body might be a little gun shy. So you, you mm-hmm. kind of were doing your own thing. And yeah. were people in your house at that time? Or were they kind of on the, like, the, 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 the call tree? You I know, had like, a core. Yeah, yeah. So I had like a core group of people that were kind of the ones that I advised that I, when I thought I was in labor, my doula, my midwife, and um, and that was about it at first. And, you know, my doula knew that she was supposed to like kind of let people know like, okay, Anne thinks she's in labor, you know, 
we'll keep you posted kind of thing. And so during the day, my labors, I am like a baby machine. So my labors all start in the very early morning and then around 10 a.m. they go away and I think it's a false alarm. And then around 4 p.m. it starts up again, three or four in the afternoon. And then by six or seven, I'm pushing. And so, um, that's exactly what happened. So I knew that that was going to happen. I let my midwife know I was in labor. I do let my doula know I was in labor, but I didn't have anybody come over until that afternoon time where I was like, okay, yep, Got here it. we go for real. And then they came over, but they were kind of like downstairs when I once once I was like upstairs and like sequestered in my real birth space. Because, you know, in the beginning of labor, like I'm like walking around the block, doing stuff downstairs, hanging out, you know what I mean? Yeah. But then, you know, once active labor starts, I'm like, I'm definitely very, you know, how birth is just a very animalistic process and you just, the more you can kind of get in touch with that animal side of yourself, the better. And I could just feel myself being like, okay, it's time for me to go into my nest. If I were a cat, that's when I'd be crawling in the back of the coat closet or something. And, and then my, like everybody kind of just gathered downstairs and waited for the word that they could kind of come upstairs and be present for the actual birth. So I would say that probably most of my labor I did with like a small group of people, like just my midwives, my family, and my doula. Gotcha. Wow. Wow, that's mm-hmm. amazing. I'm just thinking, you know, for your youngest now who gets to share this as a part of their life experience, you know, that yeah. they had more people, he had more people there for birth than probably any birthday party I've ever had as now a 30-year-old <laughs> woman. Like <laughs> Yeah. Um, Well, I will say um, this is something that not many people know, but a lot of my clients hire me if if they've had already had one child and they're expecting a second or third child. A lot of the work that we do prenatally is really centered around the older children. uh, Um, And one thing that's amazing about having your older sibling be there at, at the birth, whether it's at home or not, is it really does, and there are actually studies that show that it kind of minimizes sibling rival, rivalry and cuts down on some of the the sort of um, regression and behavior that you see when when um, when you bring the baby baby home from the hospital or you have your baby and that um, older sibling meets their their younger sibling for the first time. So having um, our kids be involved, it, it really made our youngest Sky is his name. It, it really felt like Sky belonged to all of us and not just me and Mike. So I can, I really do encourage people to consider including their children, maybe not in such a grandiose way, <laughs> but you know, including your children in some way in your birth um, because it it really I think it really kind of ties the family together in a different way. Mm, that's totally a beautiful point yeah um mm-hmm. i'm also still kind of stuck on thinking about an email that's that says are you ready to see my vagina and i want to see like the stats on an email like that like the percentage rate of opens and clicks, clicks. i'm sure it's very high right <laughs> I, hilarious. well i also i mean i obviously i like to joke and i'm yeah. i've got a cynical sense of humor and stuff like that but i also think like being blunt about that stuff is really a good litmus test for like who can handle this. Mm-hmm. And if you're kind of squeamish about that email, then you probably shouldn't come to the birth and that's totally fine. Yeah. Yeah. You've, you've like phased yourself out or you've like dequalified yourself in that sense. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Was, was 
how was the energy when he came out, when he actually, was everyone quiet? Was it, was there like an eruption of joy and laughter mm-hmm. and, you know, what was that energy like? I think everyone had kind of been forewarned, like, don't yell or exclaim when the yeah. baby comes out, because that would be like really off-putting to to the baby and jarring for the baby. Mm-hmm. But, the, but you could just kind of sense, like, everyone's like, oh my God, it mm-hmm. happened. And, you know, that definitely everyone was like, kind of like, teary-eyed and happy and hugging and celebrating, but it was definitely uh, volume-wise, very quiet. <laughs> okay. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> you have like so signs I, like in a library, shh, baby's being born. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, let's keep it calm and a gentle entry into the world for mm-hmm. sure. But I will say like, I even though it's a great story and I'm, I don't regret doing it because I think if I hadn't, I would have always wondered I wouldn't recommend for anybody to do that. And I don't, I think it was a mistake for me, honestly, even though I, like I said, I I don't regret it. And I, I would do, I would, I would regret not having done it because I would always wonder it was something that I'd always wanted to do. But Mm -hmm. my third birth, I had in the exact same way, the exact same room, exact same birth tub. And on paper, it looked exactly the same, same time of day, same weight and length of baby, same Uh amount of time pushing. Everything was the same. I told you I was a baby factory. (laughs) All four of my kids weighed the exact same. Seven and a half pounds, 21 inches long. That's the baby I grow. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. You have a a mold. You have a... I know. It's very boring. A certain product Uh, offering. (laughs) But my experience of the birth was very, very, very different. And okay. I think it was my awareness of having the pe- the people around me, even though intellectually I knew that I wasn't responsible for them and, and they were, you know, just kind of peripheral and not nothing for me to worry about. I think like energetically and emotionally, I, I was just, I wasn't internal as much as I had been with my previous births. And that made it really hard for me to get to that like kind of endorphin-y, la la land place that is really really helpful for coping with the sensations of labor so I had a perfectly smooth delivery with both of those kids my third and fourth kid but with my third child my sensation of my contractions was much more just extreme intensity and and I was really just vibing on that and totally unaware of anything outside of myself and with my with that big birth party baby I really felt every contraction in a much more painful way. And I could really feel every single thing that was happening to me. I think I was just way more in, in my analytical brain. So I really was um, aware of, oh, my baby's posterior. Oh, I can feel him turning anterior. Oh, I can feel him going through my pelvis. And all of my contractions just felt so much more painful. Mm. So even though it's a great story, I don't want anyone to hear it and think like, awesome, birth party, that's the way to go. It's, mm-hmm. it's a very rare kind of person that would even want to do something like that. And um, even somebody like me who wasn't tripped up in any way as far as the progression of my labor, it, it, there's, I don't think there's anybody who would remain unaffected by that just sheer amount of energy and presence in the room yeah. with you. Yeah. I totally get that. It makes me think about in other settings, you know, like a hospital too, where Mm -hmm. say that's not part of a woman's birth plan. She hasn't elected to invite a lot of people. And yet you can hear about 
a lot of mm-hmm. people coming in and oh, out, absolutely. some that faces you don't know and that you won't see again. And for all mm-hmm. various reasons. And, you know, we, we have a friend who one of her births, I remember it was like teaching day yeah. in the OBGYN rotation yep, for yep. med students. And so there were like yep. a ton of med students in her room. So like things like that, right. you know, it just makes you think about, you know, if you take everything of what you just said and that was your intentional plan and you were in a safe mm-hmm. place and you had birthed other babies before. So you had all this set up for you. I mean, I just think about, you know, then why are we putting people in right. hospital rooms that don't necessarily need to be there to your point can kind of throw well, yeah, off the energy. You're absolutely 100% right. And even though I absolutely love attending home births, I will say the majority of um, my clients do have hospital births just because the majority of people have hospital births. And it's something that we talk about a lot. You know, you absolutely can have control and advocate for yourself about the number of people in your room and all the other aspects of your birth. But the burden is on you to do that. And um, unless you have a really good system set in place, meaning a great birth team, and you've been very thoughtful about your care provider and your birth location, it's on you while you're laboring to advocate for yourself. And that is exactly the same kind of circumstance, only tenfold more so for a woman who's trying to let herself go internal and be in her birth space and not pay attention to anything else. But she just simply doesn't have that option. She absolutely still needs to stay cerebral and think about what's going on around her. Otherwise, no one else is going to do it for her. And so it is, I agree, it's, we're setting moms up for a really unpleasant birth experience unless you go in eyes wide open and really, really prepared. And But even so, it's, you're swimming upstream, I think, mm. even in the best of circumstances. So what advice would you give to the, to the mom and family who was choosing to birth at a hospital and mm-hmm. they know that there might be some faces in there that they don't mm-hmm. know and, and, and uh, maybe energy that they're not really wanting? How, what, what advice would you give for them to be able to mm-hmm. advocate for themselves? Mala, my first piece of advice is have a, get a doula because that doula, that can be her job and, and her job can be to protect and preserve the space that you're birthing in Mm. for both the mother and the birthing partner, because um, it shouldn't have to be all on the partner either. You know, this is their experience of transitioning into parenthood as well. And it's a sacred time for both those people. And of course, when we have to pick, if we have to pick between the two, we're going to pick the partner to be the person to advocate for the mother. And in certain situations, it has to be that person. The doula never has a right to speak on your behalf, especially in a medical situation. But a doula can certainly be communicating with the staff on your behalf about like, you know, I just want to make sure you've seen their birth plan. And did you notice here where they said they wanted to minimize the number of people in the room and she can hang a little sign on the door and she can kind of greet people as they come into the room and get them prepared for like, hey, this is what's going on. Like we're trying to keep the energy like this. You know, she can be that kind of guardian of your space in a totally different way. And the other, my other piece of advice is just get so much education before you go into labor. And I'm not just talking about like reading books or learning about the anatomy and physiology of labor. Like a really good course of preparation will prepare you physically, 
to deal with the sensations of labor intellectually to understand what's going on, but also emotionally to help you really process any fears or anxieties or anything that might be an inhibition that's going to hold you back in labor. The more you can process that prenatally, the better off you're going to be when, when the big day actually comes. What resources can you recommend, uh, particularly mm-hmm. that, that third recommendation of you know that, yeah. that fully comprehensive course? Well, obviously, people should hire me right yes. away. <laughs> I'm saying, like, uh, me. <laughs> you don't have to live here in Denver to hire me because my work is all virtual now. I've completely changed the way that I provide care to my clients. It is very different than traditional doula care, and in my opinion, is um, something that's missing a lot of times from the traditional doula paradigm. But you don't have to hire me to get ready. Um, I would say book-wise, my best books for you to read would be Ina May's Guide to Childbirth um, by Ina May Gaskin and Birthing from Within by Pam England. Those two books are so helpful at really kind of bridging the gap and making the very clear link between the, the mind and body and your emotional state and how that manifests physically in the progression of your labor and giving you real tools to handle that and, and things to do about that to make it work for you. Um, and Birthing from Within also, there are classes that are taught by Birthing from Within teachers. So um, that's a great place. Like if, if I'm working with someone who's not going to take my birth class, that's, that's, that's always my second, my second um, suggestion is to find a birthing from within class. And you can go online and, and look up like where you live just by your zip code and you'll find instructors in your area and stuff like that. But first hire me. <laughs> so for the person who is interested now, they want to hire you and maybe they want to check out mm-hmm. some of the other resources. Where can they go? So you can find me on my website, mommyexperience.com, just like I said. And if you want to, everybody that's listening to this podcast, you're totally welcome to get um, a free recording of the last birth seminar that I taught, which was called Planning Your Confident Birth with No Fear or Judgment. And it's all about your birth space and making your birth plan and creating that safe space for you. And that is on my website. It's just mommyexperience.com slash birth seminar. And it's super easy to get. There's just a button right there that you'll get it right in your inbox. And the other place you can find me is in my Facebook group, which is called real life momming. And that's where you'll find birth stuff and parenting stuff out the wazoo, everything that you could possibly need for any time in your mothering life. Yeah, from that stick to the empty nest. Those are very clear visuals that I think we (laughs) can all relate to, whether we have been there or are not there yet. I think you get that and what comes with that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Now my my oldest kids are teenagers. I'm understanding what that teenage and empty nest place feels like even more. (laughs) Mm, Wow. Definitely a big heart dart. Yes. Oh, I'm so grateful to you, Anne. This has been so much fun. Uh, Is there anything else just kind of in closing that you want to leave mamas, parents, even, Mm. you know, fellow birth workers or things just with as far as um, wisdom and anything that you just, you know, on your heart right now that you feel like sharing? Yeah, I think the two biggest things for me when it comes to birth work, um, just advice for birth workers and birthing mothers is, the concept of surrender. It's so important to know that you're not supposed to be in control 
And the quicker that you accept that and let your control go away and surrender to your birth, the faster and easier your birth process is going to be. And and that's very true also for birth workers. We take on so much for ourselves of uh, responsibility and ownership over how our clients' births go. And it's really, that was never our mandate and it was never in our power to control. We're just supposed to be there kind of as a Sherpa while our clients walk that walk. So the more that we can keep that surrender front at front of our mind, the faster and more smooth and easeful all of this will be. Mm. Powerful. Very well said. Awesome yeah. stuff. Thank you so much, Anne. You're amazing. We appreciate you. Yes, very much. Thank you so much. It was great to talk. Quick note about the Doing It at Home podcast. Matthew and I are not doctors or medical professionals, and nothing we say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. If you have medical or health-related questions, please take them to a trained professional. We're here simply to entertain you with stories and conversations about pregnancy, birth, and parenthood. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved? Datages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgins. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Datages. That's D A D A G E S, wherever you listen to your podcasts. <laughs>